After Dark. I am your host for today, Joel. On deck, we have returning, uh, what, All-Stars or something? Mr. Something Jason like Bradley. That. Hello. And Andreas Yankopoulos. Hello, all. Am I still uh, 100% on your uh, last name pronunciation? Oh, spot on. Oh, I Couldn't say it better myself. <laughs> Watch where you step. It's getting pretty thick in here. Uh, Already. <laughs> Already. Guys, I'm excited to have you on. Uh, ben is uh, traveling to another country to do shooting training stuff, so I'm your host for today. There you guys know the deal. We all come here to talk about uh, shooting. Maybe something made you angry. Maybe you have a show and tell that you've been already uh, talking to us about that I'm excited to hear you talk about. And, uh, you know, whatever. Who wants to go first, guys? I like, uh, I want to see what Jason's been fiddling with. Jason? Okay. Tell me All more. Right. So, uh, what is it? A show and tell, I guess. Um, so I hit up Joel. Uh, we shot Cornhusker, and I noticed that Joel and Ben were both wearing um, these little dudes. These little GoPros. Yeah, on their cap. So I was like, hey, Joel, I think I might try that, see what I think. So I went and I actually bought one. Uh, that's not what I'm here to show because I've actually not used this yet. <laughs> Are you so, still waiting on that mount? Uh, I think I think so, yeah. Yeah. So I ended up talking to another shooter, and he's using a pair of glasses that has a camera mounted to the top of the frame, and it's adjustable. So I actually bought one of these, too. And my theory was is I'll try them both. And they both have returns, so I'll return the ones I don't like. Uh, I'm to the point now where I should have known better. I probably won't return either one of them just because I don't want to like mess with shipping it back and dealing with all that. So, but I have tried the the aim cam glasses. So um, these these come with three different colored lenses, um, the yellows that are installed, and I wanted to try these out specifically to see if I like that tint. And so far, I think I really like that color. The, they come with clear and then they come with sunglasses. So these are, if I'm correct, I have the box here. I'm almost positive. I just want to make sure before I say it that these are the ANSI rated or whatever. They're, they're safety lenses that are rated for safety lenses. And I can't find that on here, but I'm almost positive I've seen that. So anyways, yeah. So first thing you got to do is you got to set, you know, figure out how to work it and set it up. So I've done that. And last week I ran through some drills at my practice range with these on and have been eyeing some video, put a couple videos on uh, social media. So uh, I'm kind of trying these out and seeing what I think. So far, I like them. For what they are, I do like them. Uh, so walk me through what happens. So it's got the, obviously the camera is already attached to the, the frame. Yep. And so you're limited on lens selection, right? It has to just be what they... No, I mean, well... Or can you put those on any... You can't put them on any frame, though, correct? Because it looks no, like I the don't... battery and some electronics are in the yes, glasses itself. Yes, there's some in the... Yes, Andreas is correct. There's This has a Wi-Fi where you can sync up to your phone. It's got a SD card slot. It's got a US, uh, micro USB okay. charger. They also have a microphone for you to pick up sound. So you've got basically two buttons on the side. One turns it on, and then once you turn it on, that's also your uh, record. Uh, I think you can you can also take a steel picture, which I don't remember how to do, but then there's a Wi-Fi where you can sync this up to your phone and dial in where you're looking. Uh, you can turn on a thing where it shows crosshairs, and you can adjust the camera to kind of dial that in. Um, so 
yeah. That sounds now, very similar. Wasn't there another one product like that? It was like Pivot Head or something? Yeah, you know what? There was one. I forgot about that one, yeah. And they went maybe bankrupt or something. But I remember some some shooters liked those. Yeah, I never tried those, and I've never tried these until this last weekend. Now, the lenses, I know um, HD Gold, uh, Hunter's Gold makes lenses for these. But you are, I mean, other than that, you are limited to that. Um, but, I mean, what else would you need? You know what I mean? Okay. So shoot me straight. How much do these bad boys cost? I want to say this is 250 if I remember correctly, plus shipping. Okay. Which is not super bad for what you get. Um, now, it does come pre-mounted, but you're probably going to want to fiddle with it for what we're doing. I'm shooting an optic, um, and it's got two little posts on the top of it that you can mount it to the right eye or the left eye and it's fairly adjustable so also if you're left or right-handed obviously yep yep okay Uh, i'm I'm looking at that picture and it's sitting really low i mean it's the camera is like below the 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 brow of the lenses so the way i've got it set up now it is somewhat low um and i can see it in my vision i didn't really feel like it obstructed too much However, I also, one thing this did kind of highlight for me was is I realized I kind of point my head down when I shoot. So, you know, and then shooting a dot, sometimes that's that kind of leads to somewhat inconsistencies, I think, more, more so than irons. And um, this is something I've kind of come up with in this last week, um, something I never really paid attention to. So, yeah, it is pretty low. Um, I would probably, and I probably will adjust it back up and then angle the camera down. I was trying to get the dot, and so far I got the dot where it's fair, it's in the window. And however, though the dot is in the window, I do think it's slightly off from what it shows on the camera to where the dot is actually pointing at on the target because of the, the angle and the lenses and stuff like that. However, again, I did use it one time to kind of go, okay, I was shooting a target and then went to the next target. And I was like, wow, you really like didn't waste any time going from that target to the next target. And I slowed it, slowed this video down and realized, well, you also picked up a Charlie, uh, a, a near Delta on, on that transition. So you shot early as you were dragging on. So it was kind of cool for that. But um, the probably the golden question is, is would I wear these in a match? So we've got a match coming up in about a week and a half, and I will not be wearing these in that match. Would you uh, tell me why? Yeah, would you um, in the future maybe? I, I might, but after I have a little bit more time with them on there. Um, and then even then, my initial feeling is no. They're heavier than normal glasses. Uh-huh. They, they've got electronics in them. So, I'm, you know, and you, when you sweat, it basically uh, collects on this side here. And I'm mm-hmm. a little worried about that. So, I don't think yeah, I... Yeah, you don't want to electrocute yourself during a match. I'm, I'm not really worried about that so much as breaking the... Breaking the something. Uh-huh. And then I'm also worried about the lens moving a little bit, but, and like I said, I might shoot some, I probably will actually shoot some monthlies with it and then go from there. Um, I've got a, a club match this weekend, which I won't use this because I'm going to be getting ready for the next, uh, the next weekend, which is our a major match. So right now, I, I think these are pretty cool for just kind of seeing what you're doing um, as far as just being able to film it. I don't know that the the field of view and as up close as everything is to your body and the, and the lens itself, you know, I don't know if you're going to catch like the angle of your mag well and was it off and is that why you missed your reload? These are cool, but I'm not sure they're. I'm not sure how much value they've got for training purposes. Interesting. 
So whether you're going to get 250 bucks of trading value out of them is to be determined. To be determined. Um, I think they're cool. Uh, another thing I thought of was like, hey, if you want, to, if your buddy wants you to film him, you just film him while you're wearing the glasses, so you don't have to grab his phone. So that's pretty cool. That's worth 250 dollars, not to have to pick up somebody's phone and hold on to it with your hands. I don't know about that, but <laughs> I think that's sarcasm. But uh, that is a lot of sarcasm. Yeah, yeah yes. it's a lot of sarcasm. They're they're pretty cool though. I will say that they are actually pretty cool. And again, to be fair, I've only used them a little bit. Um, so Joel and I did an IG live uh, on my cell phone on my account, and then I was also recording part of this. It, we got cut off in the middle because my phone got overheated and it timed out. But I the second half I got this on there, so I posted up that first person view while I was talking to him. So you can watch that one and still hear what he and I are saying to each other. So that was kind of cool. Um, it, they're cool. They are cool. And I think I like them. So if I can get the camera situated, I might shoot them at some club matches for sure. Is why well, I guess what we're talking about that. The other problem is, uh, like you mentioned, it maybe the frame's going to fit your face. Maybe it's not. And maybe you're kind of just you're so, kind of reliant on the frames being something you feel like it fits your face and it doesn't obstruct your vision. Yeah. So I will say this. I have a big head and they fit my face. OK, they're not horrible. Like I wore them for hours for two days straight uh, for two or three hours of time. I wasn't in pain. And so they weren't like annoying that way. And you did get used to having them on. Um, so I did like they weren't horrible. But when I put my other glasses on, uh, you, you immediately could tell that these things weigh like three times as much, which we're still talking about not a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. Like these things aren't super heavy by any means, but they are heavier than a normal pair of sunglasses. Um, so they do fit my head and I have a big head if that gives anyone any kind of, you know, indication. Yeah. Now, we'll say one last thing. I don't think I'm going to use this thing either because this is what? a lot heavier and it's yep. going to be up even higher. So like I now have basically two things, one that I've never used and both brand new. Uh, and then this one that I'm probably just going to use for fun. I'm probably going to keep them both and be like, well, I'll, I'll put this on a tripod and film something. You know what I mean? That way I don't have to set my phone out. Can I, uh, may I briefly, I don't know this is your topic. May I briefly share my experience with the GoPro? Please. So, uh, I bought that thing like, like, I don't know, everybody else has one. I should use one for training group. It'd come in handy. And uh, I was like using it a bit for training. And it, I mean, yeah, I would notice it. I just have a regular hat I would wear like for the normal garbage. And then if I was like getting ready to shoot something, I would put on that, that with the GoPro. And uh, so then I was talking to Ben and I was like, yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's a little awkward kind of having that, that weight forward on your bill, but at least it doesn't obstruct your vision. I don't know. It's like, I don't know that I'll wear it for matches or not. And Ben's like, yes, wear it for matches. You'll be glad you did. And I'm like, mm, okay. And then that happened to be the very first match I ever used that for uh, was a section match that we shot together last year in uh, it was Free State, and uh, that was the first match I ever wore it, just other than practice. And I had a pretty favorable result at that match, which was actually good because I had like video to play back, like what happened, you know, well, what what didn't I like? And it was uh, afterwards when I had all the footage to review. I was really glad I had it. And when I was actually shredding, like running through stages and stuff, I didn't notice it at all. I just made sure I had my hat on tight. So it yeah. wasn't like it was going to flop around. But otherwise, like once you once you shoot with it a little bit, I didn't notice it at all. And it's just nice to have it because then afterwards, if you're thinking, man, that seemed like that went really well. It seemed like it was slower than I thought, faster than I thought. 
I want to, you know, I kind of re replay the footage as opposed to meaning to do it by memory. I also had video that was already ready. It does me. seem the first person does seem really helpful for what I, I don't have one myself, but seeing other people's video that so it seems like it would be really helpful for when's the, when's the target available and when are you actually engaging it? So just mm -hmm. looking for looking for a lot of dead time coming into position and doing doing transitions. So I'll say something about that. From what I can tell, and I, I'm talking about other footage, and um, this one I think is going to give you the best view of what's actually going on, just because it sits a little bit closer to the to the to the business. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. to, to the what's going bang. Mm -hmm. So um, that's good to know because I may give this a little bit more of a shot then, um, and mess with it because I do like that. It does come with some nose pieces, so if it doesn't fit your nose, you can put those on. Even though I don't think I got mine, um, I think I might have lost mine or I didn't get them. So, but. Um, also, I was going to say one last thing. I don't yeah. film myself. Like I, well, that's a good talking point because you, you don't want to, you don't want to bother other people. Right. Is that yeah. fair? So I typically don't film myself at all. And anything you see me shooting was from somebody else usually filming it. Jason's a nice guy. We talked about this <laughs> privately. He just doesn't like to inconvenience people basically because he's and, that and nice. Well, I don't think that's it, but like, uh, I, I don't like to bug people about it because I feel like it's annoying because it's kind of annoying when people want me to film. So I feel like it's reciprocated. However, it's probably also accepted. But um, I was, I've been meaning to start, but every time I, I be, I'll be three stages into a match and I'll be like, oh, I haven't got anybody to film me. We'll start on this next stage and I forget. So I do want to get in the habit of filming myself more for learning um, and you know, anything else I want to share. I mean, it's always cool if you have a good run and, you know, or a whole good match and you post it up. So uh, I think I might give these another shot now that you've said that, Joel. I think you should. And if you don't want that garbage, like, obstructing what you actually see, just a little bit of extra weight on your the bill of your hat, you won't. After you well, it, it won't even matter. And I got to be honest with you, I'm pretty confident that this could be raised up. And, and be out of the way and, and to, even where it's at to be honest with you it wasn't super bad and I did run some drills where I would run from spot to spot to spot and I never felt like this was going to fall off my face and in fact I didn't even notice it so there all that being said I've kind of went from one direction to another direction and then back around and who knows where I've landed oh you're good I like it uh very worth conversation anyway something to think about Mr. Andreas, yes. what would you like to talk about, sir? So talk about training and this week in shooting. So we've been doing the group shooting for the drill of the month. We have been. We have been. And my, my group shooting is not amazing. And so I was working on the uh, trigger control at speed, where you program in your buzzer just to give you one beep, and mm -hmm. then you get the gun mounted and at the beep, you pull a trigger. Mm -hmm. I was realizing that this kind of takes the draw and takes some other things out of it. So I redid it with giving myself a two-second part-time. So at the buzz, I would draw the gun and come out to full extension and onto a little target, like a little pacer or a little, uh, little pacer on the wall in my basement. And then at the second buzz, I would pull a trigger or do a trigger control at speed. And having that two-second gap, I mean, nobody needs two seconds to draw and hit a paster. So you get about mm -hmm. a, a half-second plus of, of dead time 
where you can really feel your grip after the draw, and then you have the, then you have the buzz for the trigger control at speed, and that that's interesting so far. I think I'm picking up some newer things on my grip of just how how my grip is when the gun stops at full extension, because you have that little built-in pause, like you're going to pause for half a second, three quarters of a second before you get the second beep that tells you to whack the trigger hard. So kind of curious what you guys think of that. Is that something you've ever played with? I want to go first. So first Maybe. of all, I've been saying to people to do this for a long time. So I, I'm going to take credit for this drill. Okay. Um, I'm going to assume that you you heard me and forgot about it and it crept in your mind. Like I'm sure that's what happened. Yeah, exactly. So 100%. seriously, I have done that. But what I've done, mine was slightly different. It was slightly okay. better, but slightly different. Of course so, it's better. Of course. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> Naturally. So I would say if it takes you a 1.2 seconds to draw to a target, give yourself a tenth or two tenths extra. Okay. And I like what you've done, but I'll also say I'll, I'll suggest that you basically cut your time down. And here's why. I think what, so it's very interesting because you, you realize, hey, I've got the gun up. Oh, it was slightly off and I was able to align it back and then still beat the pu the buzzer and uh, and then do the trigger control at speed part. So, yeah. like, for instance, if you're drawing to a very simple target that would take you a second to draw and then you're waiting for another second, that to me, so many things can happen. You can move all over. But if you shorten that time up, like, to two-tenths or one-tenth of a second, you it puts the pressure on you to beat the par time. But not only to beat the par time, but it gives you time to assess – Hey, I was I I indexed right to where I was looking. Oh, I was off a little yeah. bit. I aligned it back and still did the the drill successfully. So that's I like this drill a lot. And then I'll say one last thing. At the end, I'll add one transition to the end of it. So and then the goal is to after the trigger control part, my eyes need to snap to a spot on the next target and let the gun show up. And so, anyways, th that's not something you have to do, but I, I think I would, I would suggest trying it. But um, I like this this drill a lot. Yeah, I was thinking that with the uh, the transition afterwards, and I've realized I really want a, a buzzer that has like as many three. Yeah, they, they can do three buzzes or as many buzzes as you want. Like that's yeah. that would be kind of nice. Doesn't the CED have more than one buzzer or something like that? I, I thought there is know. one out there. I've got a CED that I've had literally probably for four years. It's still in the box, brand new. So I don't even know if it works anymore. Yeah, there's, never, a, new, never been there's a new hotness, the AMG timer. That I, I don't know. I haven't looked at that one either, if that does multiple buzzes. But yeah, the uh, cutting the part time down so it's just enough time that you can get the gun out and kind of feel is everything good, like just to feel your grip. Mm -hmm. And then you have the buzz that tells you to do trigger control at speed. I think that I'm going to, I'll fiddle with that tomorrow at lunch. Cool. So, like but that. yeah, you do kind of realize that when the gun comes out, as you said, that uh, how close was I, how long did it take me to clean it up? It, it was, it was my grip solid because as soon as you pull the trigger, your grip, there's a little, there's a little shift, like things are moving around a little bit. Yeah. And the one last thing I'll say is uh, with the, with just enough, like a tenth more, it you have to. It, it adds a little bit of pressure of like, oh, yeah. I'm off. Correct this before I pop the tr pull the trigger and break it. So it, like, I, I'm big on this now. Where like, I'll add in every few other days. I'll add in something that maybe might. I'm not trying to induce errors like to where I'm picking up bad habits. But if I have a, a an error, that I have to fix the problem and then get back on track and not rush through the end of the drill. 
So this is one of those deals where if normally what newer shooters, especially, and I'm saying this because this is what I did. When I would have a missed draw and my sights were misaligned, I was like, holy crap, I'm, I'm behind now. I'm now behind this Joe Blow yeah. shooter over here. And now I've got to increase speed and pick up and make that time back up, which you never will do. Um, you might get lucky every once in a while. But so it gives you that sensation of I have to correct this and still beat this buzzer. So I really yeah. like I really like that. Your your mileage may vary. Yeah, that's a whole nother topic for for later is the we're not really doing reactive shooting. It's like it's things got to happen in a certain amount of time. Yeah. Man, I like it. Um, yeah, for training group members, uh, group shooting is the drill of the month. And uh, there's a lot of conversation within that thread on the forum. Is that was uh, that was all Jason's idea. If you yeah. like it, you're welcome. If you hate it, I'm sorry. No, Jason's like, hey, I'm like, Jason, why don't you pick the drill of the month and you can do the podcast and basically just do my work for me and I'll check out mentally. And Jason said, <laughs> we should do group shooting. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, haha, very funny. Like, so what do you want to do? And Jason's like, no, group shooting. I said, okay, what are we going to talk about? Equal height, equal height or something? And then, and then he goes into this long detail, like, oh, yeah, you're right. I guess there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, let's go. Sounds good. I'm in. Because uh, saying smart things is something Jason does quite a bit. Very kind. You're very kind. It's factual, sir. Uh, okay, my topic. I have a trigger warning. My trigger warning could be described as, if you aren't the shooter, stay out of the on-deck shooter's way. Uh, probably pretty spoiled that normally when I go to major matches or club matches, normally I do just squad with my homeboys and, you know, everybody, you know, we're used to shooting together and everybody knows like, hey, Jason's getting ready to shoot. I'm not going to go mess with them. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get in his way or it looks like he's visualizing. I'm going to leave him alone <laughs> or it looks like he's walking through the stage. Why don't I not go walk in front of him to go? look at a target or something, but uh, I had a I had an experience recently that I don't think the person would be listening to this, uh, <laughs> judged on a lot of things, but... Uh, I know what that, I was, know what criteria that meets. <laughs> it was, it was a stage, there was, you had to be, there was a couple spots where you had to be standing in a very specific spot to see targets, and it was a bit of reactive shooting. It wasn't something just mindless. So, uh, I'm... Let's say I'm two thirds of the way down the shooting order, and uh, everybody's already had the walkthrough. We do like a four or five minute walkthrough. We're actually going down the list. The person ahead of me is just uh, is just like shooting. They're shooting the stage. So I'm kind of just standing back, of course. And then once they're done, they show clear, you know, hammer down, holster all that stuff. They walk forward. They're checking the the, the targets. So I go to stand in the shooting area, of course like a good boy, like I'm supposed to, and I'm walking through it again, visualizing and kind of step back, visualize it for a second, walk it again, whatever. Well, then I, I looked ahead, there's this person standing in front of me. I said, oh, I'm sorry, uh, are you up next? And this person said, oh, no, I just haven't looked at the stage yet. I wanted to take a look at it before it's my turn. I said, oh, okay. And then I just kind of politely stood there as uh, this person, I don't know, walked around the stage, I suppose. And then, uh, and then once they got done, they then exited the shooting area, and I went back to doing what I was doing. So, um, you know, in this situation, maybe the person just didn't know any better. But overall, uh, I guess my trigger warning would be: 
be aware of what everyone else is doing at the match and try to be respectful, especially if you aren't the one that is getting ready to shoot. So if we're, you know, obviously we're all friends. You know, if I'm, I, of course, I want to go walk up and talk to these guys if I see them in a match. But if I see Andreas kind of standing back from everyone with his eyes closed and he's kind of like air gunning yeah. or I see it yeah. looks like his head moving around like, oh, this guy's visualizing. Why don't I go up and tell Andreas about this new video game I got? I bet this would be a great time to tell him about it. <laughs> or if I see Jason walking through the stage, let me walk through and be like, oh, Jason, your shoes are untied. Ha ha. Very funny. Obviously, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but just have awareness yeah. of what other people are doing and try to be respectful. Because, uh, you know, there's kind of a correlation, I think, between, uh, you know, visualizing and preparing for the stage and just winging it. For sure. What's that McGruber line? Uh, there's winging it. They're seeing what happens. Let's see what happens. Is that right, I think? I was not thinking of that McGruber line. I was thinking of uh, a few others. <laughs> I won't repeat here. All right, perfect. This is after dark. You can go nuts, man. I don't care. That's true. Uh, but... No. So anyway. Just be mindful and respectful of what other people are doing. And, uh, you know, I think that's exit a good up. practice to be in. And exit, yeah, exit out the back, back of the stage. Yes, boom. Love it. For real, actually, yeah. Let's not, let's get, let's bring that back. Because it, it, it caught on right as I was coming into the sport. Mm. It's not, it's, it's, it's faded away. We just have to let people know what's up, man. Yeah. Can I tell a, a funny story? I think this is funny. Absolutely not. I, I'm, Okay. Yeah, go ahead. So I'm not against basically probably to a fault uh, pointing out mistakes that I've made and mm -hmm. times when I've looked like an idiot. So we were shooting a match. I won't say which match. A pretty big match. And it was a couple years ago. And um, I'm walking the stage, but it's not my turn. Mm -hmm. And the shooter who is the very next, who's the shooter who's now mm -hmm. up, they're mm -hmm. walking the stage. But I'm in my mind, I'm like, well, yeah, I'm not going to get in their way, but they're over there and I'm over here and then I'm kind of getting an engagement. And before I know it, they're trying to run this stage back over to where I am wanting to run past me. And I try to jump out of the way. And they, of course, they basically just very abruptly and straight to the point said, Hey, get off the stage. You're not a shooter. I didn't say anything because they were right. And I didn't want to be like, Oh, Hey dude, don't be a prick about it because I didn't want to engage with them and get them sidetracked. Mm -hmm. Right, they didn't need to expend any mental bandwidth. I really immediately knew I was wrong, and I jumped back off. And then when they were done shooting, I was like, "If they say something, I'll be like, I'm sorry." And they did. They said, "Hey, you know, typically when it's the, you know the person on deck, it's their stage, so everybody needs to stay off the stage." However, there is some gray area that if they're all the way down at the end and you want to step into the box and you're you know on deck. You get a good feel, but mm -hmm. definitely stay out of their way. Anyways, that was Jared Fox that told me that. And I was like, hey, thanks for telling me. I, you know, it's not something I thought about. I basically try to do what treat people like I would like to be treated. And so mm -hmm. that wouldn't have bothered me. However, it now bugs me. <laughs> so we were shooting Cornhusker and a guy that was behind me. Every stage was really about after the third stage. I think he kind of and I never said anything to him. I debated whether or not I wanted to, because then if you say something, are you guys arcing against each other, you know, just, you know, the whole time? So I You're a nice anything. guy. I get it. Yeah. And, and it, it, it sort of smoothed itself out. Um, now, I will say this one last thing, and I'm kind of getting off topic here. I, ha I did say at this match, the line sometimes will start to form 
multiple spots. Yeah. And I did say, hey, guys, let's form this line behind in this one. You know what I mean? Because everybody was in this one line, but like two people. And that's nothing that anyone did on purpose. And just like this, most people don't do this on purpose. It's something they're not aware of. So be kind if somebody's doing it to you and explain to them, hey, I think the social norm here is to kind of stay off and stay out of the shooter's way. Uh, I like because they were once idiots like me. Yeah, and if I'm gonna like educate somebody, if I'm gonna actually say something, I just prefer to say something when it's the benefit of somebody else, and then I don't feel bad. Yeah. Whereas like, right. don't get out of my. I was like, hey, get out of my way. Instead, it's like, oh, hey, Jason's getting ready to shoot. Make sure you stay out of his way so he can walk the stage. And I don't. Then I don't feel as bad. Well, you're not a nice too, guy. Though. Yeah, you're. Um, Uh, I think we're recording again. Guys, very sorry. I don't know what happened, but no I dropped you at some point. So, Jason, you hear us? I do. All right. Can you hear sorry me? For the technical, sorry for the technical difficulties. Yes. Okay. I don't know. Uh, okay. We should do a shooting question. Before that, I do have a bit of housekeeping that I should have mentioned at the beginning of the show. Uh, ben and I are doing a class just – it's really near Columbus, Ohio. Uh, the date is it's Saturday and Sunday. It's July – 31st and August 1st. So if you're in that area and uh, want to train up with us and do a class, whatever, uh, go to Ben's website under the take a class or message me and I get you in touch with the organizer. It sounds like maybe one or two spots open in that class. Also uh, have Ben coming to Atlanta, Georgia over Halloween weekend. Oh, have some classes before and after Halloween weekend. Let's go. So same thing. BenStoger.com, take a class. I'm the class organizer, so it'll give you my uh, email address. It'll give you Andreas's digits. Well, yeah. The, the electronic email digits. Okay, guys, let's do a question. question. Uh, I got this one from Training Group. I'm going to be self-serving and, uh, and answer a question from Training Group. What goes through your mind before, during, and after a stage? I was under the impression most people make a list of cues during the walkthrough, then recall those cues during the stage. When I shoot, I just go down that list in my head, but everyone says, or everyone I talk to says the ideal mental state is to shoot with, uh, is blank and to just observe. Maybe I'm dumb, but these concepts seem to contradict each other. Who wants to go up to bat first on this one? Andreas has got this one. I think he does too. It's like it's like it's like Professor Kim. I won't say 2.0 because you're not you're not you're not better or worse, but this will be the same deal. Be like, all right, Kim just talks. So like, all right, well, thanks. Now we have nothing to talk about because you answered the question. But go ahead, Mr. Andreas. So before I'm making the cue list that he's talking about, hmm? and the cue, I mean, I'm, I'm running the movie through my head, and it's not just go here, do this. It's like a, the full experience of what I expected to feel like as well. So like I'm feeling how the gun, how I'm gripping the gun. I'm feeling if I'm coming out of a position hard, I can feel my muscles tensing up and pushing off and running hard. I can feel how the gun's going to recoil and, and all that. And I try to also feel that I am aggressive, but not reckless. So just kind of what the what kind of mental state I want as I'm shooting, mm -hmm. and I'll run that one more time during the make ready. And when I'm waiting for the beep, I'm just looking at the first thing I'm going to do, 
And after that, I'm just paying attention to what's happening. Like I am not, it just all happens. I am not, it's not like I have a stack, like I'm coming up with a list of, uh, like a stack of post-it notes that have things on them. Mm-hmm. But it's not like I'm mentally pulling one off one off the stack after the next as I'm shooting the stage. Like there's there's no time for that. It's just I like that the buzzer goes and I just it's on like when you when you I don't know if you as kids you made the where you stack up a whole bunch of index cards and you draw stick figures moving. It's just like <laughs> you flip through. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. When you run the stage, like there's no time to think about anything. It's just you got that stack of post-its notes and you're just like flipping them like through in your fit in your, uh, in your mind. And ideally you're just, you're not even thinking about the flipping. You're just watching it happen. If yes. like I have, if I have to think about anything, that means that there's been a, like something has gone very wrong. Something's so gone Andreas, very wrong. You're saying this would be like subconscious. Is that a fair way to say it? hundred percent. Like it'd be conscious, <laughs> conscience and subconscious. So what would be like conscious shooting? Would that be fast? Jason, do you suspect if I'm like, Oh, I need to draw the gun out of the holster. Yep, I like my grip. Now let's look at the sights. It'd be like reactive shooting for every target. And they're like, hey, I think it's time to reload the gun. I'll hit the button. Let's find out. Oh, now the magazine right here, it goes in the gun. That doesn't sound like a recipe for speed, right? Yeah, I agree with you uh, both. And and when I first you know was listening to this question, I was thinking like, well, that's going to take too much time. To go, okay, do the next thing, do the next thing, do the yeah, next thing. So it's too slow. It is too slow. So is I like, uh, yes, I liked Andreas's analogy of the flipping the the stick figures or the cartoon, essentially stack, and that makes the you know real animation or whatever. Um, I, I maybe would you guys say that it's also uh, maybe you're you so you're programming it step by step by step repeatedly in your walkthrough so you can go on autopilot, right, and then just observe. So mm-hmm. there may be like. There, okay, so you want to basically be empty, you know, void of thought, except and then be on one thing, maybe. Like, so, like, you're like, okay, the site's there. So there is some processing, either while it's going on or after it's happened. And it's such a fast firing of the neurons, it, it's kind of hard to perceive of when that's happening. So, for instance, I, I'm, I believe that, like, calling foot faults is almost, unless the person stays on the foot fault, it's a 50-50 shot if, the, if it's going to get the right call. Because if something happens so fast, it, it, they, the person with the timer, and, and this can happen to anybody, might think, well, that was over, and they didn't realize that it was corrected before they and, – and then when did the shot break? So I use that as an example because it might indicate or you know, demonstrate what I'm talking about. But I, I did like that. I think you can't really sit there and consciously think about everything and then, and then carry it out and then repeat. I mean, you're going time. to when you when you start when you start first start participating in the sport, you're going to be doing. You that. are going to doing that, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and your goal is to stop doing that as fast as possible. Your goal is to get to where you can you can. Where you don't have. I to. agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, but it's it's almost like you you kind of have to pay your dues to where you build that skill yeah. to where eventually you're just kind of observing, and it's one of them deals. To be honest with you, it's kind of in my opinion, it's like shot calling. When you're new, you hear this thing called shot calling and you hear people give all kinds of explanations, but it just doesn't really make sense to you until you're able to kind of do it. Let me throw this out. This might sound like total crazy talk. Let's hear it. What if I said that what people think they do and what they actually do and not all, but in some situations is not the same thing. So somebody might have something they, they, uh, they just recite 
as to the process or what they do, but I don't think maybe some do, some don't, but not everyone that would talk about this, maybe me included, I don't know, uh, what they think they do is maybe not what happens. 100%. Sound reasonable, Andreas? That sounds reasonable. People may not be thinking about it as much as they think. Mm -hmm. So to echo kind of what you guys said, uh, I'm not going to rehash everything you just said, but I agree when I'm like, so he talks about what's going your mind through it uh, before, during, and after a stage. Before is all the detail of everything that could possibly go wrong. That's a headshot. I am going to be cranking on these closed targets really hard. This is dangerous. Make sure you slow down. Reactive shooting. Okay, coming around the corner, I'm going to want to really want to over-aim, just react to the color of my fiber. I'm setting up all these rules for myself or thinking about what go might, might go right, might go wrong. This target array, I, I want to make sure I shoot this right to left. I feel like if I do it, I'm moving left, and I feel like I'm shooting targets to the right. It'll be too easy to pull off that last target because I'm going to want to really get around this corner and I could have a miss. I don't want to do that. So I'm like picking out all these things that could go wrong and setting up rules for myself for what I need to see or what needs to happen so I can navigate the stage. Uh, so that's all during the visualization, like Andrea said, the queuing, where I'm thinking about I need to uh, feel my hands a specific way or magazine or gripping the gun or thumb on the safety or whatever you like. Um, and then I agree, like when it's happening, it's it happens so fast, you can't do it all consciously. It just doesn't happen. And sometimes I'll have little thoughts that happen during that. And I think it's kind of the parts that I think about really being difficult parts that I want to give extra thought or focus to. And I'll remember that happening, but it's mainly on specific tasks where I'm thinking, hey, dummy, reactive shooting, slow down. You have to see the front notch or the front sight through the rear notch, you know, reactive shooting, press, get another sight picture. You know, it's all happening so fast. But outside yeah. of those few, those little, maybe those little, those little events, for the most part, it kind of just happens. I'll observe, like you guys said, observe it all happening where I remember everything I saw. I could talk to you about it afterwards. It wouldn't just be like, well, I don't know. The buzzer went off and I don't really know what happened. It wouldn't be that situation, but I'm not making yes or no decisions while it's happening. Or if I do, it's happening extremely fast. And just an example of detail. Um, I had a recent match where we had some 20 yard partials. There was a tuxedo and an upper A zone partial where I wanted to aim just inside the, uh, just below the perf. And in my visualization, I was visualizing the site lifting straight up and coming back down on the first shot, then lifting up and coming back down on the second shot. And I wanted the site to come back down before I transitioned off those, those uh, targets because there wasn't mm -hmm. another chance to engage them if something went wrong. So that was, that was part of my rehearsal it was like, not just, the site lifts and you transition off, but I wanted the site to come back down just in case, like sometimes you pull a trigger and the site takes off at a squirrely angle. You're like, yeah, I don't think that's very good. And one of my friends came up to me after the stage and commented that, uh, yeah, it seemed like you waited, a like you hesitated a moment before coming off of those targets. I'm like, it's exactly what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I had alphas on both or two alphas on both of them. So that was, that was good. But, uh, that was some good affirmation that like just the level of detail I had visualized happened when I was just running it on autopilot. But I was waiting for those, like getting that confirmation of the site coming back down. Jason, before I transitioned off. 
I'm going to guess you've had those moments also where you have something you remember in like super 4K whatever detail of this is what the sights did or this is what happened or the gun moved or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I can't really recall one, but I know. I don't happened. need you to give me an example, but you've had that happen before. Is I that have, fair? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then kind of just to wrap up his question, he's like, after a stage, then what goes through your mind? You guys have anything specific for that? I'm usually out of breath. And it's like, takes me a couple, it takes me a little bit to just before anything really comes back. Jason, it's, what about you, sir? So, I mean, it's kind of hard. I, I, I don't know if anybody else does this. I would imagine this is pretty common that I'm essentially um, recalling what I think and kind of assigning a pass or fail, maybe even a, that was a, you know, was that a 70% or a 95%, right? And mm -hmm. I'm not talking about in, in terms of like how much I'm pushing, you know, because not the, uh, well, pull it back to 95% when you run a stage. No, the success rate. So, um, and then I'm assigning, you know, oh, yeah, you kind of were slightly out of position and you had to lean a little further and that cost you a half a second. You know, those things don't eat me up. But if I do something stupid, that, that really kind of pisses me off. And then so I have to kind of go, OK, well, you didn't do the process correctly um, for that, whatever that was. And um, you, you'll do it correctly from now on this rest of this match. Get it, get it on track. And then I leave it there. It's hard because especially if you really have something that you're upset about. Um, I sometimes I'll let myself steam a little bit for a few seconds. And, and if you shot with me, you'd be like, I've seen it. And, um, it's more of a, an explosion than a steam a little bit, <laughs> but, uh, smoldering, but, um, it just depends. I'm getting better at it. Um, so that's the goal. I, I kind of uh, just know from my mental state at the end, whether the stage went yeah, well or not, yeah. like if it went well, I, I get yes. to the end and I'm like, that just happened. Like the, the, everything just happened fast. Like it was not, it was like at the borderline out of control, but it was fast, but like it was all there. And I'll just know if something went wrong, it's going to snap me out of that subconscious execution at some point. And I'll get to the end of the stage and I don't know, maybe I'll throw magazines or who knows. Like it depends <laughs> on how bad it went wrong. Uh, yeah, I, I would say very similar to you guys. So I'll either I'll just like stand there and pick up my magazines off the ground while I hear them call to alpha and all the targets. I already know where they went. Like, yeah, maybe I'll walk along just to make sure it gets scored correctly. I already know where they're there. Maybe I have one specific target. I'm like, uh, not so sure. That's going to be a yeah. very close Charlie. If it's a Charlie and I'll like walk straight to that target. Okay. Whew, okay. Yeah. I may walk to one target if something if like, yeah, I didn't quite see what I wanted on that one. Yeah. Like, if, I didn't, if I didn't, if I didn't see what I, if I didn't see what I wanted on a couple of targets, I'll just, walk back and just like i don't fucking care and just refill magazines <laughs> yeah and then uh i probably i don't know i feel like i've seen it in movies enough where you're like you relive i don't know whatever it is five minutes worth in like a half a second yeah you kind of like i just kind of brief like it all goes through my mind and then if there's any real problems i'll kind of just like just leave me alone i'll go load my magazines and then uh I'll like you know hit approve your score whatever i'm loading magazines i'm kind of just playing back the tape like yeah there, uh, there was a state there was a match recently i was just like what just happened and then i'm like i know i saw my front sight i remember very distinctly it was confirmation three i remember seeing it centered in the tuxedo target and i remember like the feeling of pressing the trigger very gently with my support hand clamped down in my firing hand loose like what happened i'm thinking about I'm like no think about this you idiot i'm like where was the rear sight oh uh, yeah i'll Okay, yeah, I mean, I'm like I, I got I got that. Okay. 
And like, that's a very, for me, like I'm loading my magazines, I'll think about it. And I, I remember that feeling. And I was like, instantly, I'm like kind of angry about it, of course. It's like, okay, so what, what needs to change going on? Okay, that's right. There's a rear sight on this gun. So it needs to be, if the confirmation three shooting means I need to see the front sight through the rear sight, like, okay, let's take that on board. I need to apply that to the next stage, like load my magazines and then off I go. But I'll try to like, if I can, not necessarily get better in the day, but if there's something that went wrong, I'll make corrections to uh, to what's happening or extra things to visualize, uh, you know, during the course of a match. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Andreas. What were you gonna say? I was saying I think once once the adrenaline's worn off a little bit and you're refilling magazines, I think it's a good time to go through what you visualized and what happened, mm-hmm. and like did they did they track well or did they not? And if they didn't track well, what what was off? Was it a, was it detail? Was it like your uh, Maybe you were too wound up or not wound up enough. Mm-hmm. And how do how do you how can you uh, improve things for the next stage? Or how like did you just do great and you just need to keep doing that for the rest of the day? Yeah, and I've had those two where it's like, man, let's go. This is this is tracking exactly how it's supposed to. Yeah, I'll just load my mags, make sure I continue to hydrate or whatever, and I'll just just keep this going. Because yeah, that's a pretty important part, I think, of uh, how to say it. Like you you don't want to you want to leave each stage like whether a stage is good or bad you want to leave it in that bay for the mm-hmm. next one but you do want to take a little take some info with you yeah because like if, you, if you're like well i'll just worry about it when i get home it's like well jason if you would have worried about it during that stage you would have realized you didn't have a dot <laughs> on your gun anymore it fell off right or like oh if you would have just took two seconds you would have realized you know whatever yeah your your trigger stopped resetting or you know, maybe it's not that it could be something right. you're doing, but yeah, yeah I think that's... it's I think it's more like if you have a bad stage that try to review it in a way that doesn't shake your confidence for the rest of the match. And if you have a really good stage, try to just use that as uh, affirmation that your process was good, not that you got this one in the bag. I like, I like that. it. Guys, I think this was a bang up podcast. Always. Well, they always are when I have you two uh, dudes on here. So uh it's a good point to wrap this up listeners if you have a question you want the answer to go to my website it's bensteger.com send me your question we'd love to hear from you